Hey, so I bet you're wondering, who's this guy at the end of my podcast episode? Well, my name's Mark Roberge, and I host a new podcast called The Science of Scaling. I'm talking with the most successful sales leaders in tech to get super tactical and learn how you can scale your sales teams, operations, and business. Here's one of our episodes. Check it out. Hey everyone, welcome to the Science of Scaling podcast. I'm your host, Mark Roberge. I am so excited for my guest today, Mike Weir, CRO of G2. Mike's had a phenomenal career both in marketing and sales. It is rare to find a CRO who has actually spent a decade in marketing and then years carrying a quota and running a sales team. And so who better to dive into the concepts of sales and marketing alignment than a, than a gentleman who sat on both sides in a phenomenal culture? We're going to talk about the philosophies of that. And as always in these episodes, get very tactical. How do we embed these principles right on the front line, right into the head of the BDR, the head of the demand gen marketer, the head of the account executive? I'm excited. So with that, let's get right into it. Man, what a resume, Mike. Dartmouth and working in the government, then marketer turned salesperson, leading LinkedIn, now CRO at G2. Honestly, the biggest jump on that list for me is marketer to salesperson. How do you get there? Yeah. So ton of stuff I learned through that. And one of them was, man, I wish that I actually had some control over customer relationships and helping shape that day-to-day conversation which gave me the itch to say, all right, marketing's been amazing. I would love to be a CMO someday. I should probably go sell for a while. I should feel the pressure of carrying that quote. I should see how things connect day to day from you know the marketing that I'm doing to actual customer relationships that grow over time. And that was, uh, that was quite the transition because you think you know what sales does until you're actually in the seat. And then I realized why they were annoyed with me at times when I was a marketer and, you know, sending leads over the fence that were amazing and gold. And why aren't you calling them uh, to being like in role and saying like, holy cow, marketing's throwing too many leads at us. I don't have the time and bandwidth for us to follow up on all these. Plus, actually, some of them are kind of crappy. So let's uh, let's have a conversation about it. And then, you know, my time at LinkedIn was phenomenal. Um, Learned so much over eight years about how to be a really great sales leader, how to be a great leader overall, um, that you know created the opportunity for me to join G2. Hey everyone, it's just Mark here. I stopped the recording for a second. Uh, the point Mike just made there, it's rare to see a marketer who's sold before. That's rare. You don't see a lot. A lot of folks, for whatever reason, yeah, they like to go out and like maybe do a ride along. They like sit on the floor for a bit, a day, a week, whatever. Wow. Mike went and carried a bag carried a quota for years and built a team. And, you know, I wish more of us would do that on both sides. I mean, notice some of the things that he highlighted in terms of like, I finally understood that we were throwing a lot of bogus leads over to sales. He is such a better CRO because of that. And I want to also highlight that, you know, as we progress forward and talk about, you know, one of the biggest impacts he's had is on sales and market alignment. Of course, if you, as a CEO, as a founder, you're looking across and like, we need to align these organizations. 
who better to hire than someone who's sat on both sides? All right, let's get back to Mike. So, you know, you've been in the seat for almost three years now at G2. Looking back, what is the most impactful kind of execution piece that you're most proud of? Yeah, I think at the end of the day, the thing I'm truly most proud of is the sales and marketing alignment that we've created in our go-to-market motion. We plan, we execute, we track, and we optimize together. At the start of it, you know, coming into G2, I was just astounded at the opportunity. In the 2020 timeframe when I joined, you know, we had AEs that were sourcing north of 60% of their pipeline. Like they literally were, you know, one people shows. And that is definitely not great. That leads to like, I'm going to have to have a fleet of a thousand AEs out there calling customers nonstop and spraying and praying, hoping. And, you know, we had 20% and 20% for BDR and marketing contribution roughly at the time. Today, walking into this year, we're now looking at a world where the marketing and BDR partnership is going to source over 65% of our AE pipeline. Wow. And so we've, in you know a couple of years, we've flipped the whole script on where pipeline, where opportunity, and how deeply qualified those opportunities are from an AE-centric model to AEs being like empowered to really do what they do well, like represent G2, show the value, help people understand what the best starting point in the relationship as a customer with us is, but getting a ton of the demand coming from marketing and sales. And so that's, that's been huge. And likewise, our customers are happier, right? They're actually getting their needs met faster. We're going from a world where we had a week lag time to get back to MQLs to now in most instances for highly qualified MQLs, it's within the same business day that we're getting back to you. You know, we're at under 10 minutes on average to engage with somebody in chat today. And we're on our way to being sub three minutes very soon and trying to get as real time and using automation as possible because we're seeing our conversion rates to a meeting, to an opportunity skyrocketing based on how quickly and effectively we're engaging with folks showing interest. That's an amazing story. And we have to unpack that. Let's frame the opportunity first. I thought it was interesting that you walked in and you're like, okay, 60% of our pipeline and our our deals are self-sourced by the AE, 20% by the BDRs, 20% generated by marketing. How did you know there was, that was not right? Is there, is there just a particular percentage you're targeting? Does it depend on context? Can you talk about that? Yeah. To me, the foundational part was rooted in the economics of the business and helping our talent do what they are intended to do. And on both of those measures, 60 plus percent felt way off because the economics of it said, hey, the the highest price resource in this group is going to be the only way that I continue to help expand our customer base over time. And so just the pure economics of like, geez, I, I look at how much budget we have planned for the next couple of years, like all I'm going to be doing We're not going to be able to invest in product enough. We're not going to be able to invest in our brand enough. We're not going to be able to invest in our customers enough. If all I can do with any new incremental dollar is just hire more AEs. So the economics became very obvious of like, I need to help them 
be more efficient and be focused. Because at the same time, AEs, you know, you're going to burn out if you're just nonstop pounding the phones, trying to find somebody that's willing to have a conversation, wants to get a demo, and then eventually becomes pipeline that you then try to get to closing to hit your targets and, you know, be happy. Um, so it's like, how do I help them get farther into that process? How do I help them be more efficient and really focus on what they want to do, which is I want to really engage with prospective customers to show them the value of G2, to answer their questions, to position what they can invest in and the type of return they can get. What he just said there, I just want to like abstract that out because I find that to be so critical. He's talking about measuring the efficiency of these different channels in this case, right? He's talking about AE source demand. He's talking about BDR source demand, and he's talking about marketing source demand. And in most cases, we see the marketing source demand most efficient. Uh, he didn't talk about that here. I'm not sure if he can, but I would guess that's what he has. However, it's the most difficult to scale potentially. Like we can conceptualize doubling the size of the SDR team and hopefully maintain their appointment volume. It's much harder to double the size of the marketing budget and double the number of leads of the same quality. It's almost next to impossible. But to capstone his point here is it's so important for us to take a stab at measuring the unit economics, let's just say payback period, by each channel. What is the unit economics of AE sourced pipeline, of marketing sourced pipeline, of SDR sourced pipeline? And as we look ahead to a quarter or a year and planning an investment, we can pretty accurately project how those dollars are going to yield revenue based on that analysis. All right, let's get back to Mike. So economics definitely weren't going to work. And then talent-wise, they were also getting frustrated. They were getting you know annoyed with having to do stuff. They're like, hey, I've been doing this for years now. I want to I want to go deeper. I want to build more relationships. I want to learn new things. But if you're sourcing that much pipeline, you don't have time to do those other more strategic things that you could be. And so I think both of those things played into the decision that it was like very obvious. We have to evolve how we go to market and we need help. Let's talk about the economics though, Mike, just to challenge the point for a second. Because you were doing, I don't know, maybe you weren't doing fine. It's just kind of like, here's a salesperson. 60% of the opportunities they source, 40% comes from BDRs and marketers. Did the math just not work? Because I, I can just double that team and double that math and we still have a company. Yeah. So if you think about it from, from a, a, a private company, when we're talking with our board, they're saying, they're always saying, how could you go faster? How could you grow more? So even it, when it's successful, it's like, oh, geez, there's so much opportunity. If you were more efficient, you could get 20% more than the great stuff you're already doing. But eventually the dollars run out because you just keep going more and more into debt. You get into, you know, deeper negative cash flow. And, you know, you got to keep your ratios balanced. And so that's where we looked at it and said, okay, let me, let me understand one talent aside where we know this is the right thing to help keep amazing people and recruit amazing people. If I can look at this and say, I actually can get, you know, four and a half dollars back per dollar I invest in revenue marketing 
Whereas I'm getting two and a half dollars back per every dollar I invest in an incremental AE that is sourcing all of their pipeline themselves. Then I can start changing the equation and say, hey, actually, I can go from a world where my AEs are closing 20 lead or 20 deals a year. I can actually get them to 30, 35, 40 deals a year because they're not sourcing all their pipeline. And I can basically spend the same amount and deliver a better business outcome. And at that point, when I, I started looking at the blended average, I was like, all right, I'm I'm now not getting two and a half dollar return. At a blended average, I'm getting, you know, more like a three and a half dollar return. That even bolsters the case more to part of your point to go to the board and say, hey, I've increased the efficiency of my dollar return. I just need a couple more dollars and we can go faster because we have so much white space. So there you have it, the science of scaling. If you're a founder, sales leader, or even a new sales hire, we're gonna drop a whole lot of knowledge that you can use in your job tomorrow. So follow and subscribe to The Science of Scaling wherever you listen to podcasts.